As followers of Christ, we are faced with new norms and societal changes that may differ from our worldview. We see fads continue to shape not only our culture, but our beliefs as well. Are we following the trends of life, or are we seeking after the deeper truths which God places before us? We'll discuss these questions and more in Trend or Truth. Hey everybody, it's Mason again, and uh, today I am joined with Zorn. Hello, hello. Got Bailey. Hello. And Wes. Hey, hey. And today we're going to talk about Advent and the season of preparing our hearts uh, for the return of Christ. And uh, first question I have for you guys is, what is Advent? Well, I uh, I was going to make fun of Wes and say that I did a word study, but I got sidetracked and couldn't do a word study. <laughs> so, so I didn't get that far, but... Uh, but I really do enjoy those, though, by the way. It is a kind of a thought-provoking, and, and I have actually looked at some things like that. But uh, I, I just keep hearing it as expectant hope, and that, that's that's what I like to go with because mm-hmm. um, I got some stuff that I am preparing for this that I got down that we'll get into a little bit later. But, uh, uh, you know, it's not just about this season either. Yeah, um, Advent, to me, is a deal that should be – uh, year round, because if we can if we can have a, a, a an expectant hope uh, throughout the year, that should encourage us along our walk. So. Mm-hmm. so good to see someone with my opinion on that. Uh, regardless, uh, you know, I always uh, have it most in my mind about the month before Christmas. Uh, my church always brings out the Advent candles, and we're always lighting them and talking about you know each candle and each point as we go throughout the. Uh, the month leading up to Christmas, and it's always just a good, a good time for sharing feelings with family and uh, my church family, and mm. this is a wonderful time. Yeah, arrival. That's the simple, <laughs> the simple definition is that it it's the first coming, but also the second coming of mm-hmm. Christ, and I I think that's kind of where we place our hope is that we know he's already been here. We know what he's already done. And so we can count on, you know, our experience and and history that he lives up to his promises by sending Christ the first time. So we can count on him to come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I uh, looked at an article, but it was on Christianity.com and they said the church during Advent looks back upon Christ coming in celebration while at the same time, looking forward in eager anticipation to the coming of Christ's kingdom when he returns for his people. So it's like right in line with what you're talking about there. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you to pull that up. So (laughs) (laughs) you saw that one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, but yeah, I actually, it wasn't very, I'd heard of Advent before, but I wasn't super familiar with what it was until this year because I don't know why, but my church was never really big on, pushing into Advent until this year. And it's probably because of everything that's been going on in 2020 and it's time to put a refocus on our relationship with God and find a peace in the midst of all the chaos. And I think that's where the importance of Advent comes to focus on the peace of God and to focus on the arrival of Christ. You know, it's funny that you say that because uh, I never had really seen Advent done with the lighting of the candles and things like that until I went to the Assemblies of God Church down Mm -hmm. here uh, is that do they do that in Claremore uh, Church of Nazarene? And- yeah, they do the different candles, you know, and it's like any tradition. Um, for a lot of people, it, it means something, you know, and it's nostalgic and stuff like that. 
but I think it's also important to remember the people that have gone before us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think it, it's hard to get a full understanding, of course, with candles, just because it seems old-fashioned and everything. But a lot of times uh, we learn about our history by connecting that sort of liturgy and those motions and, and, and stuff like that. And I don't know what, I mean, we could go back to our podcast on traditions, mm. you know, and talk about the things that you really remember as a kid yeah. that you treasure, you know? And so making really good memories, I think is what any holiday associated to Christianity should, should be about, you know, and, you know, communion is a is a tradition. I mean, it's a it's liturgy. It's stuff like that. And Jesus is saying, "Do this in remembrance of me." But it's supposed to be, you know, significant for yeah. a different reason, right? Well, and like, I'm I'm glad you said that because it was I was circulating through my mind after that. After do this in remembrance of me, it says to if you don't do this the right way. And I've always kind of wondered what is the right way. Well, that's like. Not just doing it as tradition, not just doing it going through the motions. Exactly. Um, really having a heart for for God and and, mm-hmm. and the fact that He sent His Son so that His flesh could be torn and 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 that His blood could be shed, and that that changed everything for me. A couple years back, I, I don't know if you guys realize now, but when we do communion here at the amp station, it's a big deal to me. Like I don't, I don't want it to seem like tradition. I don't want, mm-hmm. I want it to be something that matters. Right. And I don't go anywhere and take it without in within myself, just being in, in thankfulness and, and prayer of, of, I do remember, mm-hmm. you know, why and, and what you did and, and can't even imagine the suffering, but I'm thankful for it, yeah. you know? And, and I think that's, we need more, uh, you know, the candle lighting aside, this expecting hope heart, you know, right. in mindset. Right. right. I used to take it really for granted before because it was, it had become a point where taking communion was so regular, like almost every week we were doing it. And so I was just more like, okay, I'm going to drink uh, some grape juice and take a cracker and this is what I'm doing <laughs> on a Sunday. But I wasn't right. really focusing on what the purpose of it was. Yeah. And then a few years ago, it started to become more of a, a little bit more scarce. We're going to do it in seasons of the year, but not every week so that we can refocus on what the importance of it is and not make it this thing that we take for granted. Yeah, that's good. It's really good. So what do you guys do to prepare for this Advent season? Uh, is it a normal thing for you or is it something you just started doing? Uh, how do you guys go about that? I really don't. I haven't thought much about it until this year. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I've seen the, uh, that's what I love about these podcasts is I've seen the ceremony. I've, I've been a part of a couple of them. I've, my family's gone up and read. And, uh, when I started doing the research, you know, one of the things talked about this being about hope, faith, joy, and peace. Uh, and then one of them went into the readings and, and saying that the readings ought to, uh, include hope, which is representing the promise, mm-hmm. uh, preparation, you know, the second week and lighting right. a different candle, which would, which would uh, be about waiting on, the prophecy waiting on, you know, the revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next one being joy so that we, we could find that peace, you know? Yeah. And then the next one being, uh, the love of Christ and, and, and adoration. And of course you like the last one for, uh, his birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't have a, a system. I don't right. have a, a tradition, uh, but I want to start something up 
that that is more uh, deliberate and intentional about mm-hmm. what it means and what the, what the time really is about. Right. Uh, these verses that I've read, you know, just kind of remind me of the the promises that that He is coming, mm-hmm. um, and we need to be prepared. Right. Right. Uh, and so again, it goes beyond a Sunday. You know, like. Uh, Murph's always talking about that, that real life was doing that sermon on beyond Sunday. It's not right. just a Sunday thing. It should be an, a, a lived out thing all week. Well, mm-hmm. Advent should be like that. I mean, yep. for sure. It should be something that we, if we can live with that expectant hope, then these promises that God made us will be, re- you know, obvious and, and relevant in our everyday life. Mm-hmm. So my family doesn't do anything specific for Advent. Uh, our church, of course, lights our candles and we do, uh, a lot of things related to the church, but when it comes to uh, my family, we—I really can only speak for myself. It's not something that I really have talked with my parents about. Uh, but for me, at least, it's about trying to internalize those ideals each day. You know, waking up with hope and praying for peace and hoping for, uh, hoping in God for all these other things. Uh, I don't try and tie it down to one specific instance or one specific motion that I need to go through. I try to live the experience of being in all of them. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, um, you know, we talk about mission trips, uh, especially short-term mission trips. And, you know, you travel however many miles to go to a foreign country and you're there to, to help people that are, you know, desperate compared to what we have in the United States. And what ends up happening is you're affected as much or more than the people that you went to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what I have to do every year is that I have to connect with people that are in desperate need of hope. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's, you know, uh, going and ringing the bell for the Salvation Army you know, and thinking of people that are in a, you know, a worse financial situation or, or whatever. Yeah. But this year, you know, I think it's different. Um, there's a lot more people in the United States this year that are, you know, in need of hope right. than ever before. And um, if you look at the, the words that are used in the Old Testament, the Jewish words for hope, uh, both of them involve waiting. Mm. And that's what's going on right? yeah right right we're all waiting for things to to get back to normal right and so that kind of hope is hitting everybody in in one way or another even if we're not desperate for the the basic necessities um we're waiting on the pfizer vaccine or we're waiting on some company monday, by the know, way yeah <laughs> supposed to ship, isn't it really supposed yeah. to be, be hitting places monday or something right i mean it's just like we're you know that anticipation of of sitting on the edge of our seat or whatever is it's real it's like you mm-hmm. can feel it and and if we were like that you know all the time and yeah. the way that we were getting ready for advent we were just like on the edge of our seat waiting for god to show up like they were when jesus came back i mean right. that's that's what we're supposed to be sensing and sort of empathizing with those people that were in in the worst situation it had been over 400 years since they had heard from an Old Testament prophet, and they are desperately waiting for some good news yeah. because life was just the worst. Right. 
Let me give you a couple of these quotes because they tie in great with what, what Wes was talking about. One's uh, one of Bailey's favorites, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who, by the way, is one of those guys I never heard of until the last two weeks, and now I've seen like 50 <laughs> things. But uh, you quoted him in one of your podcasts. I think that was the first mm-hmm. time I heard it. And then Glenn Schaefer in our little preaching class, he said something about Bonhoeffer, and I'm like, mm-hmm. holy smokes, this guy must know what he's, what he's doing. But his uh, was talking about, you know, uh, less fortunate and things like like you were talking about being at Walmart and ringing the bell. And it says uh, the celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater to come. And then to go along with that, especially the waiting. I think you looked at my notes and st- like I'm going to feed Zorn like <laughs> crazy. But it says this is by a, a lady named Stacy Eldridge, who is a or Stasi. I'm not sure. It's S T A S I. I looked that up and it was like a a secret group in Germany or something. <laughs> like, like that can't be right. But, but, uh, she says, so Stasi or Stacy Eldridge said, uh, we will be able to wait with expectancy. There's that wait word you were talking about. If we believe that a greater good is coming, it's an exercise of faith. It's an opportunity for our desires to not be quelled, but to rise for our hope to become heavier more substantial, anchored more solidly in the belief that a goodness beyond our wildest dreams is coming to us when our Jesus comes in glory. Mm. Yeah. I think this year it was, because years prior, it's so easy to take for granted the presence of God and the fact that he's kind of always there. But this year it was as soon as like the lockdown first hit and the the pandemic was starting, there was a, 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 change that was happening in a lot of people and I know it was happening in me that it was time to refocus and get my attention back on the return of Christ and what he's going to do and it was kind of that I guess that start of Advent that I wasn't didn't really recognize until until recently but that's kind of the whole period that we've kind of been in is this expectant hope that's coming and God's just telling us to be patient refocus yourself on me and wait for what I have for you. Well, and he gives us, uh, you know, scripture to, to live by. Mm-hmm. And uh, Philippians 1, 6 says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So that talks about his return, mm-hmm. but it also talks about our life now. Right, And that's the thing is, is, this expectant hope is for now mm-hmm. as well as his, his coming, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier is if we can get in that expectant hope, uh, you know, heart on a daily basis, our walk's going to be impacted hugely mm-hmm. in a great way uh, because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Right. Again, he's talking about stuff right now that we can, that he's making promises to us. Right. And the expectant hope that we're going to get out of this COVID stuff, mm-hmm. that we're going to get out of this uh, being locked up and cooped up, and we're going to be able to get back to true fellowship and, and hugging and loving on each other. And hopefully when we get out of that, we don't forget so quickly. Right what God's opened our eyes to, right? that we need that, that we want that, that we're hungry for that. Mm-hmm. And you talk about like him conquering, like what the next scripture, what's that say right there? Uh, John sixteen thirty three says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart 
because I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was, that's the big one that stood out to me in your notes there was that he's overcome, overcome the world and our hope is found in him. And that, that's the biggest one that stands out to me. Man, couldn't we get so many converts if we told them life was going to be great when you do this? <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's the hardest thing because to me, life really has been great. But I, I don't have more money. I don't have, uh, you know, things aren't. My, my wife and I still argue. But, you know, it's just different now mm-hmm. with the, the joy that you still can find in some of those moments. And yeah. the uh, the opportunity that you have to try to, you know, now I want to. I want to make Kimberly happy. I don't want mm-hmm. to frustrate her more. I want to, I want to make her right. happy. I want to do things differently so that we can get along mm-hmm. and her the same way. And, and I don't, the money that I wanted before was for things that I don't need anyway. And, right. and if nothing else, God has shown me what I need mm-hmm. and the things that I need don't require money at all. Right. It, I need you guys. I need fellowship. I need yeah. him. I need, you know, things like that. And that changes everything. Yeah. Like he might not have supplied you with worldly things, but he's given you greater peace and joy that you didn't have before. Right. And he still provides way more than what I need. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? Not, not all financially, but yeah, what I truly need. Right. We talked a few weeks ago, um, just, you know, where we talk about nothing but talk about everything. My favorite, yeah. And it was about, you know, not understanding why, you know, bad things happen to good people. And and there's just sometimes no good answer for that other than we live in a broken world, you know. And so Romans 8 is one of my favorite passages talking about the people that are dealing with things in life that are not because they chose to do them. In other words, they didn't bring, you know, problems on themselves by, yeah. by, you know, doing anything wrong. And, and I think Paul is like really intentional about saying that, well, whatever you're dealing with today, um, sometimes you can see that as a way to, expect or want god more Mm. you know what i'm saying because Mm -hmm. there's so many people that they they don't care about whether or not god comes back or about living for christ because they think they have everything that they want right right. they think you know money and fame and all these other things are are you know fulfilling them but of course too much is never enough you know it's excess 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 so I want to read Romans 8, uh, 18 through 25, I think it is. It's really long, but it's good. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Mm. Yeah, so good. Yeah, real quick, the, this talk about that expectant hope, 
uh, reminded me of something I heard that uh, in a video I was watching to prepare for this, and it was the difference between hope and optimism. Mm, yes. Uh, you were talking about the Bible Project Word Study? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Over yeah. hope? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, and it was talking about, you know, optimism is this always constant looking that things are going to turn out fine, but, you know, hope is so much more than that. It's it's a factor of faith. It's, uh, you know, when the Bible's talking about hope, it's talking about hope in God. It's not about hope in occurrence or hope in right. consequence mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's it, it's a trust in the Lord for this, uh, what we call today his will to be done. It's not, right. you know, I hope this is going to turn out well. It's, you know, my hope is in God and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I know I say hope sometimes and almost feel like I'm not counting on God, but that's where the hope has to be. Right. Is, is not, I just hope that things work out, but that I hope that God gets it to work out the way that he wants it to be done. I mean, he right. wants us to have hope. He wants us to be expectant yeah. of what he's going to do. Yeah. I think we just get caught up in the, in the, the man hope of what, how I want him right. to do it, you know, right. and that's, that's where we always get in trouble. Right. So what about peace? Did you have something in your notes on peace? No, but I mean, I'm sure the things that we talk about will, will point back to the scripture that reminds you of those things. Because mm-hmm. to, for me, uh, the the peace is another one of those things where you try to create that for yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you try to do things that are going to, I mean, that's kind of what, you know, I don't want my wife to be angry, so I'll, I'll buy her something, you know, and, and. <laughs> You know, you can't create peace without having God in your heart. And and so that means that, that the peace is coming from God. Right. Um and and your heart's the one that the thing that has to transform in those kinds mm-hmm. of situations. And I just I I've got a buddy that I'm working with. Uh he's a new buddy through uh Brandon, the guy that you know that that we all prayed for, stood up there and I wanted him to see all of his groups. Well, he has a friend that's out uh, of the ranch and he's struggling and he can't, he can't figure it out. And I'm, I'm like, I, I went and spoke with him and I left his house and it was, it was kind of a bad feeling because I was just like, there's some people that get it done without Christ mm-hmm. to some degree, but I knew this cat was never getting it done without, yeah. without Christ. There's yeah. no way he's, he's got too much, uh, uh, baggage, too much, uh, pride. Right. Uh, you know, he, he's, always been a self-starter you know he played high school football he went to the university of arkansas he graduated from law school top five he got the the biggest job in tulsa and and guess what he was doing all the time he was he was drunk and 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 has chemical dependency that he can't get rid of well we know where that's got to happen especially when you're that deep into yourself and and into your own pride god's got to get in it and and there's nothing we can do but pray about that for mm-hmm. him, and it kills us. But he's looking for peace, and he's he, he's looking in the wrong spot. Right, and that peace that comes from God. It's a, I mean, it's a supernatural peace. It's not something that somebody can look at somebody who's really living this life with Christ, and they can look at them in the midst of all the chaos and be like, "Why are you so like? You feel like you have it all together. What's going on here?" And it's not that we have it all together, but we have a trust and a peace in God and what He can do, and finding our faith in that that's what uh, that's another thing of like what advent's all about it's putting that trust and putting that peace and that faith in god 
and having that expectant hope that he's going to not only return but do something great in us and in his kingdom. Well, and anytime we're we're struggling with something, uh, I mean, in that what we in in that our confirming, uh, in that what confirms our answer is when we get peace from God. Yeah. When you know you're the deal you're struggling with now, that that's what you you've been waiting on is for God to say this is okay. Exactly. You know, and so to have peace in your in your soul and. And that's so much different than the piece that we've tried to manufacture, and mm-hmm. we've we felt like we've even gotten to sometimes. You know, like okay, well that worked out well, but then something always comes back to nag at you or gnaw at you or whatever. You know, yeah. Yeah. and so we've got to be looking to God for those things. Mm-hmm. I think it's also like we try and replace peace with happiness and just satisfaction, like immediate satisfaction, Short-term. and not yeah, and not in the long term. And that that's where a big mistake comes in is we're not focused on being patient in in the waiting process we don't like the waiting process we want to be satisfied right now and that's usually what comes back to bite us yeah and and it's it's trusting him and his promises mm-hmm. i mean that's where our peace comes from we do what he asks us to do he's always going to do what he tells us he will do he will, he will do and that changes life yeah so john 14:27 says i am leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart mm. and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Yeah. So good. So what's the, I think we've kind of already talked about this, but what's the best thing that we can do as Christians to prepare our hearts for Christ and prepare our hearts for Christmas? Cause I know sometimes in the last couple of years, it's been hard to get kind of that Christmas spirit and that joy and that expectant hope kind of back. And it's something I don't want to lose but it, it's hard to retain. So what, what's something we can do as Christians to have that place of expectant hope and waiting and preparing our hearts for Christ? I, I think it's perspective. And, you know, we talk about prayer, and there are times in life when you really need that peace, but you're really not sure what to pray. You don't have the words, you know, that... Uh, seem appropriate or, or you know, sufficient, I guess, is the right thing to say. And so at that point, you really are just leaving it up to God uh, to take care of that moment. And uh, a lot of times, it's about perspective that I pray for. It's like, I, I can't come up with a specific, you know, because people like to say, well, you need to pray more specifically about this or that or whatever. It's like, what if I don't know how to do that? <laughs> right. What if What if I don't have the details or the specifics because I don't know where God wants me in this moment? And and at that point, I just pray for his perspective. Help me see things the way I should see them, the way that you want me to, you know, have a, a vantage point to put me in a place so I can appreciate life or be content or whatever. Because so many times it is a perspective issue mm-hmm. that we can't have the right mindset or thoughts that we need right. to have in this season. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think that's where, um, you know, praying in the spirit and I'm, and I'm not talking about, uh, uh, tongues. I'm talking about truly just letting the spirit pray mm-hmm. through you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, Matthew Kelly, one of the quotes that I found says, God of hope, I look to you with an open heart and yearning spirit. Does this adv- during this Advent season, I will keep alert and awake listening for your word and keeping to your precepts. My hope is in you. So his, his hope is in God that 
that he will uh, pray the things that are necessary for me to, that need to be prayed. And that, sometimes that's praying in the spirit is, is it's praying for things that you don't even realize that right, you need. Right, right. That's the, the one disconnect I, I fear from not having a prayer language of, of, of in mm. tongues uh, and then the praying in the spirit is it, it makes me fearful that I'm not getting everything prayed for that my life needs that I'm not even aware of. Yeah. Uh, where Kimberly tells me, you know, she, she, she prays in tongues at times and she says that when she does that, it gives her just this overwhelming peace that everything's been covered, that everything's been blanketed in, in prayer on her behalf mm-hmm. because she can't be aware. She can't know the specifics. She can't, uh, know everything that's involved like the Holy Spirit can. Right. I think in addition to prayer, there's an importance for uh, remaining strong in reading your Bible. Uh, because for me, it's it's a source of that fuel to want to pray. Mm. Uh, and of course, praying, of course, fuels more need to read the Bible, and it, they feed off of each other. And as our friend Sophie said a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, there's a big factor of staying in fellowship with yeah. other believers. Yeah. If you get around people who have that hope and optimism, you're going to find it rubbing off on you. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to fuel you all the more. I mm-hmm. love that. Cause she kind of called me out on it. I, and, and I was like listening, like I was, cause she said, you know, Zorn, when people say they're struggling, Zorn always says that I ask him, are you praying and are you reading your Bible? And she says, I think he leaves out and she's right. She's, she's a hundred percent correct. Are you in fellowship? Mm-hmm. And I made it very clear uh, last Sunday that, Online ain't fellowship, right? I'm sorry. Now, if that's all you can do, that's all you can do, and take advantage. And but if go, you have the if opportunity, opportunity to go out, and you need to be physically present with people. Yeah. And fellowship isn't isn't uh, trying to win your friends over at the bar. I'm sorry, <laughs> you're you're not witnessing. I've been through those kind of those kind of tricks and, yeah. and traps, and uh, you need to be in fellowship with people that are like minded and that are trying to get um, the peace and the joy and the hope and those things that they you're trying mm-hmm. to get as well. Right, right. And uh, what you were talking about, reading your Bible, I think that's one of the best things you can do in this Advent season is going to Scripture, reading what, uh, just putting yourself in God's Word. And it's it's called the living Word of God yeah. for a reason. It's going to bring you life. It's going to bring you a light and a new perspective on this season. And it's it's one of the most important things we can do. And I think we, we that's another thing we take for granted so often that it's there but we don't plug into it. And that's something we really need to do all year round, but we really need to do it this, like this time yeah. of the year as well, just to remind ourselves of what Christ did for us, what God did for us. You know, I, I was, uh, I've been talking about reading big chunks of the Bible, not mm-hmm. just a little excerpt here and there. Um, so I got to where I was reading the five chapters a day. I got to where I was reading 10 chapters a day. I've backed down now to two chapters a day, but it's a totally different intent now. Right. Now I'm I'm digging in. I've got my commentary out, and I'm I'm reading through the commentary as well as the Bible, and so I'm doing a whole lot more reading. But I'm getting more out of the Bible. Right, it's starting right. to speak to me in a different way. Right, and and I think that's important. I think the 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 intention of your heart when you're reading it, what you're trying to to allow God to speak to you, not what do I need out of it, because mm-hmm. that that's another thing that we have a huge issue with is is who are we serving. Right, you know who who's serving who in this deal? Mm-hmm. Right. Is God serving us? Are we just going to reach out to Him for everything that He can do for us? Because there's people that do that, and I'm one of them that's trying to change that. Right. right now, I'm trying to say, okay, 
what do you want me to do for you? Mm-hmm. And in one of these scriptures, he talks about, um, look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. Yeah. Well, their deeds aren't being nice to everybody that you see and saying right. hello. It's doing his work. That's yeah. what the deeds. Yeah. And, then, and then the works without faith and faith without work, it all goes together. Mm-hmm. And when those deeds are focused on God and what he wants you to do, you're going to be fully equipped and fully able to go to him and say, Hey, I need this stuff that you're going to have to supply this. You're going right. to have to make this work out, but they're so that you can do his work, not what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then in Advent, like we're preparing our hearts for Christ, but not for what, not for what he can do for us. What word are we going to do for him? Like, what can we do to serve people and to serve his kingdom? Yeah. Am I we- really going to get a PlayStation five? <laughs> you know, yeah, but that's so true. I mean, especially this time of year because it it's also inward folk. It's also inward focus. You know what I mean? We get kind of egocentric this time of year because of the consumerism and the retail, uh, you know, focus on say it, uh, retail focus on Black Friday sales mm-hmm. or online sales, and and you know you're you're sitting there strategizing how you can get all these things mm-hmm. and you're not thinking about the other people that are just trying to survive. Well, yeah. Right. When do they right. say like Christmas starts, starts on black Friday. It's like, that's how we've kind of built our Christmas up in societies. It's yeah. all about consuming the product and consuming, which honestly uh, is what Christianity's become. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think a lot of people just go and consume. They go in and say, okay, I need to be fed today. So I get fed and mm-hmm. then what are you going to do with that, though? That You're being right. fed so that you can do something with it. You're not being fed so that you can get full and sit around and be lazy. Mm-hmm. That's that's Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. That's not what Thanksgiving <laughs> is about. Yeah, That's Christmas dinner. That's not what Christmas is about. Right. We're to being fed so that we can take that and feed others with it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the it's just one of those things that people sit back and go, well, now I'm in fellowship because I'm in a church building. No, that's yeah. not what we're talking about right. at all. Do not get that confused. Right. And I used to think that's all it took is like I gave my life to Christ. So now I just, on Sundays I come in, I get what I need and I'm out and hopefully that'll help me out. But, and it's a starting point. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Don't, don't go. Well, he said, I don't need to go to church because I'm not going to get, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> right. you, got, you got, I had to be in church for a couple of years before I was ready to really right. receive uh, the love of God and and honor Him mm-hmm. in my life with it. Yeah, uh, two different things. Mm-hmm. I those first couple years I was in church, I don't know that I'd have gone to heaven. I think He might have said, "I don't, I don't know you." Now I'm pretty confident He's going to be like, "Come on in, well done, right. good and faithful servant." You right. know, and that that's a big change. You talk about peace mm-hmm. in a COVID world and all these things. Right now, I'm not stupid, but I have some. <laughs> pe- well, I'm stupid, but not about not that kind of stupid. You know, we we talk about the okay boomer, you know, setting with a lot of people that seem to be more judgmental or stoic and just kind of get into a rut in their church where they're saving a pew and um, their their favorite thing to do on Sunday morning is find their seat and, you know, settle in. But like what you're saying is it's not the old you know, skinny people that are always the problem. Sometimes it's a bunch, it's a bunch of fat babies. You know what I'm saying? They're overeating and they stay infants. 
mm-hmm. spiritual mm-hmm. infants yeah. the mm-hmm. entire time. You know, they come in, they just chow down on the bread of life and, and you know, they got rolls hanging off everywhere, <laughs> but they never do anything to grow. Yeah. And in order to grow, you're going to have to walk a little bit. Yeah. You're going to have to walk the walk and work off some of those fat rolls. And <laughs> and it's going to be obvious at that point that all that all those nutrients that you're getting on Sunday are being used the rest of the right. week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's good. Really good. Yeah. Offensive to some. <laughs> still good. Well, I think that's a good place to end this episode, but we will come back next week and expand on some of these ideas and uh, hopefully give you something that'll give you a good end to the year, not only with this podcast, but in your spiritual walk, hopefully something that we can speak life into you. And we thank you guys for joining us. Check out our uh, website, ampstation.org. And uh, gives you info on what's going on here at the Amp Station, what's going on with uh, the Trend or Truth podcast. And uh, we just thank you guys for listening. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Trend or Truth podcast. This podcast is recorded out of the Amp Station in Claremore, Oklahoma. Amp is a Christian ministry geared towards college students and young adults with an emphasis on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. If you like what you heard, consider becoming a subscriber so you don't miss out on a single episode. We release new entries every Monday. Also, rate and review this podcast on iTunes and share it on social media. Once again, thank you for joining us today, and we'll talk to you next time.